Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. I am Steve, and I am joined, as usual, by my tag team partner, and that is Jeff Lippman. Jeff, Happy New Year, and um, here we are again, two weeks later, and lots of news to discuss in the world of wrestling. Yeah, I just got back to the hotel room after the big party. Obviously, every year I'm here in Davos at the World Economic Summit. Uh, Me and the other global elitists um, plotting domination, subjugating the weak, um, laughing about inflation, stuff like that. Good old time, the usual. You're always laughing. John Kerry, I told you no more coke in the bathroom. Go to your own room, jerk. And take those girls with you. No, not those two. Leave them. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. sorry. Wow, John you're Kerry. a busy guy. Yeah. John Kerry is, uh, I'm, I'm surprised he's still rolling. He's short. Hillary, that girl's for you. That one. Okay. That one. Mm-hmm. Is her name Rita? <laughs> Listen, lovely Rita Mita May. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, wow. All right. Well, on this episode, name is Rita uh, in Davos. After midnight, everyone's name is Rita. <laughs> okay. How about Margarita? <laughs> if you like the Latina. Um, guys, we've got lots to talk about this week, as we usually do. But this week, I feel like there's just a, a, a potpourri of, of different items to discuss. And so we're going to start the show by talking about the passing of Jay Briscoe. Um, Kevin Nash and Amari Miller... Um, with uh, cryptic messages and attempts on their life. Um, Jeff will talk about that as he knows a little bit more on that. <laughs> Updates on Vince, WWE, and the sale that almost was. Um, you know, um, we'll talk about that. Royal Rumble build and Raw 30, the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw is coming up next week. Um, AW will talk about Mercedes Money, Mercedes Monet, Soraya, Wardlow, Wardlow's haircut, new trios champions, and other news, including um, Impact to, not Impact Wrestling, but Impact uh, to non-compete clauses um, by government um, mandate or something of that nature. So we'll talk about how that's going to impact wrestling in totality. Including impact. <laughs> Including impact, absolutely. There will be impact to impact. But Jeff, let's talk about what everybody's been talking about the last couple days is the unfortunate and um the unfortunate passing of Jay Briscoe. Uh Jay Briscoe, for those that don't know, is one half of the Briscoe brothers, Jay and Mark. Um Really well known in indie circles, right, Jeff? Um, yeah, I would Ring say of Honor especially. Yeah, I would say they're indie legends. Um, recently, when Ring of Honor sort of shut, shut its doors, they sort of did the tour, and you know, maybe a more varied audience got to see them. They were in GCW for a while, held those championships. They were in NWA. I think they held the NWA Tag Team Champions for a bit. I'm not I'm not 100% if that ever ha- happened. They were in Impact for a bit. I'm not sure if they ever held those uh, Tag Team Championships during that time, but they, you know, this, this past year, 2022, will probably be remembered uh, maybe even into the end of 2021 with their, their trilogy of matches with FTR, which were all, you know, sort of classics. Um, I would say the Briscoes are... 
the biggest, most popular, most well-known tag team, maybe just wrestler period, if you, you package them as an act, it never really made it to a big time. And not really because of they couldn't. I mean, they had opportunities. They just were loyal to Ring of Honor. And yes, I just said that they were an impact, but impact, I mean, you know, doesn't even crack 100,000 viewers a week lately, uh, meaning the last year uh, plus. So I, I wouldn't call it big time anymore. I don't think anyone really argues that point anymore, except for their most diehard fans on, on Twitter. But strange, you know, I mean, it, you like everyone else who became as legendary as them from the from the indies, got on a big stage, e- even if it was more recently in, you know, AW, like, you know, Brian Cage was sort of legendary on, on the indies. You know, Samoa Joe obviously made it up to uh, WWE and, and uh, now AEW, Ring of Honor, AJ Styles. I mean, y- you name it. The, the, you know, the Bucks and Kenny Omega helped form a company. Um you know, even Homicide was, who, who might be the closest parallel I can think of, he was in LAX when Impact was not, you know, a total, you know, a, was still probably the number two promotion. So you can debate whether that was big time or not, but I don't know. It's just whatever it was. Anyway, Jameen Pugh is his real name. He was 38. He's been a wrestling veteran for 20 years. This is going to be his 21st year. So you can imagine how young they started. They were pretty much Ring of Honor originals from year one of its existence. Um, Jameen, for for those who don't know, it's a biblical name. It's Hebrew, uh, although apparently, according to Wikipedia, it's most often a name uh, that that, the Christians use, and it means the right hand of favor, something like that. Um, Anyway, uh, this was a car accident. Uh, two large vehicles, uh, I think trucks, SUVs, sort of big vehicles in it. Uh, apparently, the you know they were just it, it was a little bit after five p.m. around sunset, which may or may not be a factor in this. No, not really clear. This was in Laurel, Delaware, not Laurel, Maryland, as originally reported. Laurel, Maryland is probably the bigger Laurel in the you know the hundred mile vicinity, um, and a woman veered into oncoming traffic. That oncoming traffic was um, Jameen Pugh, Jay Briscoe, and his family. Um, She was wearing her seatbelt. He wasn't. She died. So did he. His girls were in the back seat. Um, They were either bringing them back from school or taking them to a cheering contest or or, or event or something like that. But he, you know, he was doing dad duty and, um, they're injured too, and I believe that their injuries are fairly serious. I know there's been GoFundMe fund me set up. Um, I gave to one, and at the time there was close to eighty four thousand dollars already uh, donated in one day. I know Kevin Steen gave ten thousand uh, dollars. I can't imagine Chris Jericho didn't. He gives to every, everything. Um, I don't know this one. Hit hard, and and a lot of people say it hit harder. Maybe it's because he was so young. Maybe because it's sort of unrealized potential. Maybe it's because they just had this legendary year under such strange circumstances of being in Ring of Honor, which really existed in limbo, but sort of universally respected in the business. Uh, Jay made those unfortunate remarks. You know, about a decade ago, which, you know, I think he's apologized for since, but apparently it never got 
you know, truly forgiven, which is, you know, I mean, that that's the world these days. And that apparently offended someone at Discovery Warner Brothers, and they were never allowed on uh, AWTV. There's some dispute as to whether Discovery Warner Brothers put the kibosh on a tribute show or a lot of or, or a lot of tribute on Dynamite, or if that's just a, a rumor or a cover. I don't know. I, I, I don't really want to get into that at the, at the moment. Um, but yeah, very sad. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think it it's really hard because you know, not that anybody's passing wrestler or not is easy but i think it's just you know the guy had a lot of like you said jeff uh jay had a lot of potential and a future ahead of him he was in his late 30s i think it was 38 right so still pretty young um for those people that are 20 38 is 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 the new 28 um and so you know, it's it's just a shame, right? They were right, you know, very close to cracking uh, the big time, either in AEW or or WWE. Um, I think it's worth mentioning that WWE acknowledged his passing on NXT. Um, in fact, they had previously scheduled or booked a um, fake funeral for. Um, what are these two called? The pretty deadly career. Pretty deadly. Thank you. I can't want to call them Hollywood blondes. Um, <laughs> they, they, the New Day were going to have a fake funeral for them. But when they heard the news about Jay Briscoe's passing, they quickly um, turned to HBK and were like, yeah, we can't do this. And yeah, so they. Good call. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely good call. I, um, I you know, so, you know, thoughts and prayers uh, to the family. And, and, and obviously if you can contribute to the GoFundMe, definitely please make sure you, you do so. Just be warned. Um, You're going to start getting emails with, um, uh, (laughs) I don't know, inspirational quotes and things like that. Yes. Um, One thing on them is that, you know, I've seen them live a bunch of times. They were pretty much synonymous with ring of honor. You know, you, you sure. go to a show and their, their family would, you know, bus in like 50 kids from Sandy fork. They'd have the giant, you know, flags for Sandy fork. And, you know, the dad was always there because you recognized him from TV and, you know, I'm sure mom was there too. And probably other siblings, but you know, they, they were beloved in their community that the, that school district closed schools for the day They're They're so beloved that it was such a day of mourning there. Um, and it, the influence really did out, outreach them. And it's such a banal way of dying. I mean, you know, Brody Lee, who also died sort of surprisingly to the general public and young, it was of a rare disease. I mean, which sucks and hit, but I mean, when wrestlers die at age 38, it's usually something else. It's usually drugs, violence, so something nefarious. Nah, this is a car accident. The dad, you know, taking his daughters to or from, you know, a school event. And like the Briscoes, I think most people know I did a podcast with Shaheen a few years back and it didn't last very long, but Shaheen knows the Briscoes pretty well. He worked with them on at a few shows he promoted or worked at and whatever. And he said that 
They were exactly they were the way they were on TV. Nice guys, but you know, also scary guys. Like they, so if there was anyone that you would believe that would get you know you would be you know killed in a blaze of glory, you know, thug life, something like that, and you heard it was the, the Briscoes, you wouldn't be surprised. But nope, it was the exact opposite. It was like you know, complete Family Guy kind of thing. And I think in some ways it almost adds to the tragedy of it. And yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, listen, nobody wants to die. Nobody wants to die in a car accident. Nobody wants their, their kids to be hurt. But as far as wrestling careers are concerned, if they were closer to the end than the beginning, and this is the end, I mean, they sort of closed the chapter, you know, almost perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And I don't really want to get into the, um, I know there's a lot of other podcasts and a lot of other um wrestling uh shows that are like what's mark gonna do now and what's gonna happen i don't want to get into that but um what i do want to get into uh jeff is uh something that i don't think anybody's talking about and it's this uh tony khan led ring of honor celebration so you mentioned that um Tony tweeted it out. He, I guess he was the first one to kind of confirm the news when it yeah. occurred and first broke on Tuesday night. And I guess he, uh, from if you were to believe the rumors that are out there, um, attempted to do some sort of a tribute package, a video for him on AW Dynamite, but was told by TNT or TBS heads the heads of the network that they couldn't go ahead and air such a thing. Um, and so that's a, you know, that's again, rumor, but we did see pictures of, of um, I guess a post show post dynamite when they, they went off the air, they had a ring of honor celebration of Jay's life event. Um, and, you know, not many details, were spilled or, or, or hit the dirt sheets yet about what this looks like. Um, it's supposed to be aired on YouTube and ring of honor. What's honor club. Yeah. Well, first he said it would be on honor club for everyone to see for free, but honor club of course, of course is not free and he wasn't going to make honor club free for a period of time. And I guess somebody told him that and he's like, Oh yeah. Um, and so apparently they're going to either simulcast it or air it on YouTube. Right. Um, so, you know, it'll eventually be out there for the public to see. But, you know, I'm I'm wondering how quickly Tony Khan could have booked a Jay Briscoe memorial show within 24 hours. Uh, like, you know, I understand, like, wanting to do a memorial show. I think a lot of people, um, you know, herald. um Back in the, I think it was the late '90s or early early aughts, one of the referees that were like really over in in the um, in the Indies. I think his name was Hillebrand or something like that. And and a lot of like WWE and WCW guys were were, were a part of that. But that took like months to put together, and they they had a memorial show. And I bring all that up because. I, I just it gives me a sour taste in my mouth of the fact that Tony seemed to rush this just to kind of, I guess, plant the flag to say that he was the first. Maybe. I mean, if you want to get more 
conspiratorial. It, it could be that he was using it as, you know, sort of like almost like a, a guilty way to lure people into paying for honor club. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's anything to do with it. I mean, as far as putting something together quickly, uh, I mean, like, like Jeff, like you're, you're a former ring of honor. You're, you used to be really big into ring of honor when it was before Tony bought it. Right. And, right. and you used to frequent the shows pre pandemic. And, and so like, I guess as a, I want to ask you as a Ring of Honor fan, like, would you find it out of touch if a Jay Briscoe Celebration of Life card is put together and it's mostly AEW guys that are not a Ring of Honor affiliated? You mean if there's an actual card with with matches? Yeah, that, that yeah. Would. Like, let's say this celebration of life thing is is a one hour show, a one hour card, but it's got like Ember Moon on it. And, yeah, and, no, no, and that would suck. I mean, it depends who the AW talent is. If you know, there's plenty of AW talent. There's a lot of Ring of Honor connection. Yeah, I mean, it should all be people who have Ring of Honor connections. Um, if that was the case, I wasn't under the impression that's what the show was. I thought it was going to be more like highlights and maybe they, you know, talk to, you know, 10 p- people and like, you know, they'd all give three to five minute, you know, memories or, you know, tributes, you know, stuff, you know, sort of like what happened with, um, you know, everyone looks back at this in infamy for reasons, but, you know, the Chris Benoit show that was put together very quickly with a tribute. Now, I, I yeah. don't know that Tony has the production team that, that WWE had even then, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, if it, yeah, I mean, if it's all, you know, uh, you know, Jungle Boy and, and, and Top Flight and John Moxley, um, you know, and, and, you know, 2.0, that, that's dumb. But if it's, yeah, if it's if it's Brian and it's Samoa Joe and it's FTR, you know, even the elite, all of the elite were in Ring of Honor. They were all together. The Bucks yeah. and the Briscoes were were together. Um, you know, Adam Page worked with them for years. Adam Cole, so you know, I I, I don't know. I you know, I don't mind someone. Listen, I you know, I, in politics they say never let a tragedy go to waste. Um, you know, in business, that's sort of the way to, as long as it's done respectfully, I, you know, I, you know, I, I don't think him being first with the tribute is terrible. And the fact that he took it off of Honor Club or made it not exclusive to Honor Club and YouTube right away, I think shows he just wasn't thinking as opposed to being nefarious. If it's, you know, all exclusively AW people on there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you said, like not to pick on Athena, but like Athena, like Britt Baker, like, you know, like Jay Cargill, you know, I'm only naming women right now because for whatever reason, I, I can't, you know, Jungle Boy, who's he would never spend any time in Ring of Honor, you know, that yeah. that would be dopey. Um, I don't think he's that dopey. I mean, I, I think that he'd put like the kingdom on and, you know, and Dalton Castle and, you know, he, he, he he's goofy, but he he's, I don't think, I don't think something wrestling wise, he's tone deaf. He's tone deaf about like, you know, real injuries playing out, you know, uh, with fake injuries on TV and booking back-to-back segments that way and shit like that. But I don't know. Anyway, um, there's some other sort of maudlin stuff that happened this week. Yeah. Let's, let's stay on the, on the morbid stuff. Right. So just to get it out of the way um, and, and you have the lead on this. So Kevin Nash and Amari Miller. Tell me, school me on this, please. Right, well, let's just do it. Amari Miller, she is uh, one of the young talents in NXT on TV fairly often, if not on NXT on Level Up, which is sort of like the NXT version of main event. Um, 
She was in the uh, New Year's Evil 20-woman battle royal last Tuesday night. Um, apparently, around the same time, attempted suicide. Um Obviously, she did not succeed, thankfully. And, you know, she's saying everything's not as it seems. To, you know, mental health is very difficult. Um, so she's okay. But, I mean, you know, a, a tragedy averted. Kevin Nash on his podcast was mentioning how it was, and this is towards the end of the podcast, um, that it was the 12th week without his son, and he was find it hard to come up with reasons to get up in the morning, that, you know, every day he remembers that he had a house full of three people and now it's only two people and that, you know, you know, all, all he needs is a gun and a note, which, you know, first of all, is a terrible, scary thing to say, period. Um, and also, I mean, one could impute that if you have a million followers and, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of people listen to your podcast that you don't need a note. You just said it. Uh, anyway, a lot of fans were um, concerned. A lot of other wrestlers were concerned. The police were concerned. They did a wellness check. Says he was okay. Uh, somebody confirmed that he was going to the gym to do arm day. And then I think on his podcast, they said, you know, I, he was a little defensive saying, I'm, I'm sorry if you all don't get sarcasm as a coping mechanism. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do lead day today. So I guess he was okay. I guess he was being sarcastic. Um, I don't know. That's not, listen, I'm about as sarcastic as they come. I don't think that's the kind of sarcasm I would do on the air. Um, but, you know, I'm going to give him a pass on this because he's big sexy and because he is still very much in mourning. And I'm sure that he probably has a lot of guilt. His son died of, you know, whatever it was, it was alcohol related. And I'm sure he developed that partly because of his dad, you know, being a partier and sort of being legendary for being a party and being with the party crowd. Um, yeah. But anyway, Kevin seems okay. Hopefully he really is and will remain as such. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a scary little week. Yeah. I, I, I wish uh, him and Amari the best. I mean, uh, I love listening to him on, on his podcast, not only for the wrestling takes, but he's, <laughs> Pretty funny with the with the political takes. Him him and Cornette. He's a really smart I enjoy guy. Their, I mean, he yeah, is really smart. He is. He's he's. I like the uh, he he pulls the curtain back sometimes on um, old raw stuff and WCW stuff. It's pretty good. Um, Jeff, let's move on to lighter fare. Let's talk about um, other big news. Um, something that took the internet wrestling community by storm almost seven days ago and that is the overnight rumors of the wwe being sold to the saudis our last episode we spent a good chunk of time talking about where do we think the sale is going to go we speculated comcast we speculated possibly the saudis but mostly comcast or Disney, Comcast being also known as NBC, um, Universal. Um, and on Tuesday, I think it was like, what was it, Tuesday night into Wednesday, Jeff, of last week, this this news broke from, um, what's his name, Mulehausen from uh, Dazen. The Zone. Thank you. The yeah. Zone. And, you know, I, I remember like, I think either you sent it to me or somebody else sent it to me. And I said, unless the Wall Street Journal is, is reporting this, I can't fucking buy this because I, you know, we've we've 
long discussed this. This is episode 110, and I think a hundred of our episodes we've talked about you can't trust these wrestling journalists because they don't know the first fucking thing of journalism. True. And so, lo and behold, um, here we go again. This guy reported it saying, oh, I got sources. It's a done deal. And lo and behold, come 930 when it was trading time, the news was squashed. So run me down, Jeff. What did you think of the news and the night that the WWE was sold to the Saudis? I mean, even going a few days before that, I mean, it's been fast and furious. I mean, you had, you know, Vince do his, you know, semi-hostile re- retakeover, repopulates the board, replaces six of the 11 board members who replaced him yes. as himself, it goes from the board unanimously voting that he should not come back to unanimous, unanimously appointing him as CEO in about 36 hours. Um, the, uh, Stephanie at all has a staff meeting with the SmackDown roster Friday night says, absolutely nothing's going to change by Monday. Stephanie has resigned, not just, <laughs> not, not just as co-CEO, but, uh, but from right. the board as well, you know, who's still there, Nick Khan. So obviously not the trader that you were always wanting to in your little game that you wanted him to be. And then, I yeah, know. I you, think he is. You, no, no, no. He, I told you he was always Vince's guy. Anyway, the um, so that, you know, we also find out that they retain JP Chase to help broker the deal. JP Chase, one of the probably three to six banks in the world that can handle this transaction. Why oh, I thought more- you meant JP Chase, uh, the guy that debuted on AEW the other no, day. No, no, no. Lost to Jericho. No, 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 no. Um, you know, and 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 what does that mean? Why why can only a few banks handle it? Because un- under rules, a bank has to have a certain percentage. I think it's ten percent liquidity. They have to have that amount sitting in their vault at any time to handle a transaction. So if there's going to be a transaction that that might be reach six and a half to nine billion dollars, they need to have six hundred and fifty to nine hundred million dollars on hand that they could cover that right away under rules. Um, Two of the other banks are Morgan Stanley and uh, Merrill Lynch. And apparently both of those banks are accused out because of conflict of interest because they hold margins or some of this preferred class McMahon family stock in escrow so they can be involved. I'm not even sure Goldman Sachs has a, has enough reserves to do it. So J.P. Morgan might have been J.P. Chase may have been the only bank that, that was left that, that could handle. They also hired a New York law firm that deals with mergers, acquisitions, things like this. Uh, people have been making big distinctions between sales and mergers and acquisitions. First of all, they've been treating mergers and acquisitions like it's one thing. No, it's mergers and acquisitions. Short version. A merger is when two companies become one, basically co-equal, and they and they and they you know usually change the name. A good example of that is J.P. Chase. It was J.P. Morgan. It used to be That's Chase right. Manhattan. Now it's J.P. Chase. Um, also, there were defense contractors. There was uh, Martin Marietta. There was Lockheed. Uh, the you know which then became Lockheed uh, Marietta when they merged. I think now it's just Lockheed again, probably for uh, you know who knows what those reasons are. Acquisition. This is the sexy. This is the sexy part of mergers, mergers and acquisitions. Right. Now, acquisitions is when a company acquires all a part of another company and it becomes part of their family. A good example of that would be Disney. ESPN still exists. ABC still exists. 
Marvel still exists, all owned by Disney. Um, so that's an acquisition. So they're not necessarily different things, but a lot of people making like distinctions that one of them would allow Vince to stay in control and one would not. It, 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 I spent so much time with people telling me what can't happen and what must, ha- must happen that I was busy just trying to respond and deflect those without telling people what I actually thought. But here's my line. In a, in a contractual situation like this, anything can happen. No matter what version this is, Vince can still stay in control. My personal belief is nobody wants him in control, including the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, who, by the way, has a king who's older, and he made the third in line of succession, who's in his 30s, now in his 40s, to be a more dynamic leader. So they believe in younger leadership as well, in, in any event. So, yeah, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Liv thing came. By the way, Liv Gal finally got a TV deal in the U.S. with, with the CW Network, CW. which is strange because CW is part of the Discovery Warner Brothers thing. It seems like they have an AEW deal where they where they split ad revenues. Um, but uh, obviously, uh, it got a little bit desperate there. But anyway, it, 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 I stray. So, yeah. Everybody was confirming it. Start with that guy, Steve Muehlhauser Jr. Then uh, Cassidy Haynes said he was confirming it with sources. Other people were confirming it. Other people were just re-reporting it. Other people re-reporting it as as confirmed. And yes, you were one of the voices of reason. And the funny thing is people want to know what my thoughts were at the time. They actually could hear me live because uh, Chris Ams and myself did the, the conflict for the PWC after NXT New Year's Evil. And so because Jimmy's usually the host, and but I knew he wasn't, I was the host, I was actually, I had to pay attention to NXT New Year's Evil and take notes. So I had like five pages of notes there. So, you know, so I was trying to keep touch with Twitter and deal with these things and the old people tell me what can't happen and things like that. But I was mostly trying to pay attention to, to New Year's Evil. Um, and Chris apparently fell asleep during one of the matches. So we started a little bit late. So I probably had a little bit more downtime, but most of it was like, Chris, you come in or not. Then I decided to go to bed. And then he hit me up and said, Hey, you still willing to? So anyway, we talked about it in real time. And one of the things we said is, listen, no financial journalist is reporting this. And while we're recording, I'm right. going on Fox, I'm going on CNBC, I'm going on Fox Business, I'm going on MSNBC, I'm going on CNN. None of them have it in their news, in their scrolls. Some of them have like shows, like CNBC has like American Greed and Shark Tank on. So finally, I find Bloomberg, which is Bloomberg Asia. I'm just like, whatever. Bloomberg will cover it. And you know what? Saudi Arabia is in Asia. So. You know, it, it fits there. Anyway, it's not in their crawl. We finished doing the show and we, you know, I, we give periodic updates, but we basically cover NXT, New Year's Evil, and it's coming up on 2 a.m. Eastern. And I and I go, Chris, it's coming up on 2 a.m. Eastern, and I've been watching the, the crawl on Bloomberg, Bloomberg this entire time, and it hasn't been mentioned once. And I flipped to other channels, and it's not mentioned once. It isn't mentioned anywhere. If, the, if a publicly, I know that nobody cares about wrestling, but everybody cares about a publicly traded New York Stock Exchange com- the company being sold. Um, so, Jeff, you know, you know when I knew it was hinky news was when I woke up. I think the the Wednesday morning, and I. I usually get my finance news from Yahoo Finance and Yahoo Finance reported the rumor. And so I hope I'm like, oh, shit, this might be real because Yahoo Finance is legit. And I click on it and it says 
According to two wrestling journalists, they didn't even bother mentioning the two. Right. They just said, according to two wrestling journalists, I said, this is bullshit. Right. This is obviously so bullshit that they were just like, just in case it happens to be true, we can lay claim that, you know, we acknowledged it. But no, it, it turns out to be completely and utterly false as Tuesday morning. Again, right around the opening bell, you've got Ariel Hawani again. Debatable whether he's a proper wrestling journalist or sports journalist to begin with, but I think a lot more credible. Whoa, sir. He's a lot more credible than than a lot of these dirt sheet guys, and he breaks the news saying, "I've reached out to multiple sources at, e, at WWE, and everybody is telling me this news is false. Nothing has been right. sold." And there's all these people saying, well, they're leaking it to get a better price. You cannot do that. That That's that's a felony. That, that's, federal, that's, that's federal flight. So you don't leak stuff like that. You don't need to leak that there's that there's sales interest. That You've made it public that there's sales interest. And then there's people telling me, no sale happens this quick. And those people are correct. The, the actual conclusion of the sale. But the agreement in principle could be. And we don't know how long Vince has been working this on the side. So it wasn't impossible right. for them to have the handshake deal. And then they just have to work out the paperwork and then they have to get regulatory approval. By the way, everyone's like making a big deal about the regulatory approval. This is not like when JP Morgan and Chase Manhattan merge. This is much more like when Disney acquires something like Marvel. It's it's not really part of the public interest. It's a, the, the, the government doesn't really care. I mean, first of all, it wouldn't create any more or less of a monopoly on wrestling because it's one company just going to another company, but there's still the same number of wrestling. Anyway, all that's nonsense. You know, it's it's, but it's were- funny that you mentioned that, Jeff, because and, and hold, hold your thought where you were going, but yeah. I want to roll this back to the lawsuit with MLW. Mm-hmm. And Remember that lawsuit where um, WWE was was stating in those briefs, right? And in, in, I guess in those depositions or, or whatever the proper legal term is, I'm sure you'll school me in a minute, that they aren't a monopoly because a W exists and other promotions exist. And so I wonder if like that helps their claim because, you know, that might come up, right? Is, oh, there's antitrust or monopoly of of the wrestling industry but you know Vince was again very savvy to be like we're not wrestling we're sports entertainment and so therefore if we're sports entertainment we're an industry of sports and entertainment um and therefore no no monopoly is 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 here I, my th- the thought I was holding was that it would also need to get shareholder approval. But when Vince is 81% of the shareholders, that approval isn't going to be very difficult to get. I mean, there'd have to be the right amount of notice given out to, as to when there's a meeting and when the votes are due by. So, yeah, there, there would be time. Yes. As far as how Please. savvy Vince was with the sports entertainment, I think that really gets overestimated. Wrestlers still need wrestling licenses. They are still regulated as a wrestling company in every state that regulates wrestling. So that that really did did nothing, and all it did was make the term sports entertainment, which is sort of a laughing stock and always has been. Um, as far as the MLW suit, no, I don't think it makes yeah. a darn bit of difference. They put in their pleadings where, first of all, what you say in legal pleadings cannot be used for you one way or another. I mean, the, the case is very much still in play. Now, 
if Discovery Warner Brothers was the one that was trying to buy WWE, it might come in because then you have one company owning the two biggest companies in the US, United States or vice versa. Uh, you know, WWE was trying to buy Discovery Warner Brothers. I, I don't think just the division of AEW would make a difference. Um, yeah. Well, there is no division of AEW. It's privately held company, so that wouldn't make a difference. But if Discovery Warner Brothers was buying a publicly traded WWE, then there would be that kind of monopoly type of concern if there is an even if there is one about professional wrestling um but not not the reverse and and you know what you say in responsive pleadings memos briefs depositions anything in in the the sue with mlw neutral it has nothing it has nothing to do with it jeff we we got into a lot of deep stuff with the possibility of all roads that could go down with this sale and i don't want to rehash that here, if anybody wants to take a listen to that, they can definitely tune into episode 109 around. Um, I'm still in the same the place, though. I, I still think that the the most the place that makes the most sense is Comcast. You can't rule out the mouse. You're absolutely right. I think you those are the top two places. Um, but one thing that we didn't talk about, and one thing that I DM'd you on, um, was in regards to Linda McMahon. So Linda McMahon is not the majority shareholder of WWE stock, but she does hold a significant amount of this class, I believe it's class B stock, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this preferred stock that Vince owns 80% of. I, I think it's actually the class A stock, which is the preferred stock. Okay. I think the class B well, stock is like what you have or had. Right. Or you had took a nice sold- profit. That's right. And I'm, I'm now uh, setting my eyes at another entry point uh, at a lower price point than, than it is now. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, don't hate the player, hate the game. Um, I hate Jeff, everything. So I, I want to make choices. I want to speculate on Linda McMahon's involvement in this. Linda McMahon, um, from what all of us understand, there is no public divorce of Linda McMahon and Vince McMahon. They're still married. Yeah, happily separated. And Happily separated, Linda's, you know, canoodling with other dudes. Marjorie Taylor Green or whatever. Vince is, you know, canoodling with other ladies. Everyone he can. Um, sure. Um, and so Linda McMahon is an interesting person in this all this because if she wanted to fuck Vince's shit up and get back at him for whatever transgressions, sexual deviancy, uh, cheating on her fucking around with her kids like she could pretty much file for divorce and lay claim to half of wwe probably i mean we don't know if there's a prenuptial or postnuptial or whatever but yeah i mean she she could cause a lot of trouble uh, of course she would keep herself from becoming a gazillion b- billionaire you know i mean she, she'd be fucking her own ship up too which is I think why Stephanie's not saying anything and why most people are just being silent because they all know if they fuck up the shit, they're fucking up their own shit too. I mean, the, I agree the, for rail, Stephanie. The, and, this, this, the sale will, the, the stock will plummet back into the 60s or 50s. I don't think that Linda would derail the sale. I think Linda could essentially make more money if she pulled this off um, and maybe work her own deal. I think it was, it's, it it's just very. 
That's that's just not how it it's works. very. Yeah, listen, you're the one that every week comes in and, and is is uh, comparing this to Succession. Why can't I book my own episode or season of Succession here? I, I mean, because things don't happen that quickly. Divorces don't happen that quickly. They're long, arduous process. So this sale is going to be done in six months. I mean, and and. They've been like this for 20 years. I mean, she doesn't even have a good case. I mean, you know. She's going to swerve. She, it's going to be the last minute swerve. Yeah. Well, you you can book that. That, that, that That's fun. She's going to enter. She's going to be number 30 in the WWE sale Royal Rumble. <laughs> the sale Royal Rumble. <laughs> she's going to buy it and she'll make it private. That, yeah, that'd be fine. Listen, if you were booking the WWE sale Royal Rumble, who would be the participants? Listen, she, she, Tony Khan. She could put together a, a group and take it private with her with her as the chairman. That's right. Linda would probably be involved. And Eric Bischoff, you know I would what? like to see. In the- if it's the highest price per share, that's the one that the shareholders would probably go with. Because the shareholders have no interest once they're paid out. They're done. Right. Right. So very interesting to see that. In other lawsuit news, Vince was sued by I think what was it the Detroit Police Department because it's, I guess they it's like a it's like a firefighters retirement fund which by the way I think I, I think they're a frequent plaintiff like every two years I think they're the same ones that sued over like the Saudi TV cable deal and I think they sued a few years earlier you know after the concussion I mean they are it's like the same law firms and it's the same plaintiffs all the time suing. I don't know what the specifics of their claims are. I just find it very hard to say that you're breaching your fiduciary duty or damaging shareholder value when, when the stock's gone up like $25 or more since the time you left. Uh, and, you know, and, and, you know, as. And higher when you came back. Well, that's it, it. It came went higher because of the sale, not because of him coming back. But the two are going hand in hand. So, I mean, so when there's when it feels like the sale is getting hotter, stock goes back over a hundred. I mean, people are talking about you know, it's going to be a hundred or a hundred and ten dollars per share. Uh, I, I mean, that's not been my experience with when there's sale buyouts. Usually, it, it's not at the high point of the stock. It's at some more realistic, you know, settling point of the stock, but Cheryl mm-hmm. still make a lot of money. Anyway, what, what, whatever it is, the stock's gone up a shitload. I, I, I don't know how, I, I don't understand the, the, the end game claim, um, but it's interesting because they, they said that they'll hold the suit in abeyance until there is a sale in, in that if I, I guess they don't trust Vince, I guess they're like wrestling fans. They think that Vince might come back and try to regain, stay in control. Um, you know, if that's the case, then they're going to the, sue him. Um, but if, if, if it actually does get sold and it's bought out, then then they'll go away. In other semi-legal news, the threatened lawsuit with Rita Chatterton dating back to 1987. Don't ask me how or why, but apparently California and New York in in the wake of Me Too enacted statutes that gave another extended period uh, to to victims of sexual assault to sue civilly. The criminal statute of limitations is long expired. I don't think that was extended. Um, And that statute of limitations was going to expire this year. I don't believe a suit was ever filed, but Rita Chatterton demanded $11.75 million or $11,750,000. 
Apparently that settled last month for some amount that they're calling the cost of litigation. Um, they're calling multi-million, um, which that can mean anywhere, uh, you know, of more than one million, but it's less than eleven point seven five zero million. My guess it probably sure. settled for you know two and a half, three, something like that. Yep, yep. I think that's all on Vince McMahon, right? Um, you know, a lot of people moment. nervous that he's for the moment. I think a lot of people are nervous that he's going to start booking again. Um, Jeff, um, you know, you mentioned it. Stephanie said nothing, <laughs> nothing to see here, guys. Everything's good. Everything's going to keep be hunky dory. And then she leaves three days later. And then they hire his chief of staff back. And then he starts sending memos to departments saying what they're doing wrong. Um, I think you're right. I think Bronson Reed done, done broke him. Um, <laughs> that was your joke. Uh, now, <laughs> he there, said enough's enough. <laughs> by by the way, in the MLW suit, there were a lot of headlines going on saying WWE says MLW suit may cost them millions. Okay. I mean, this is true, but people are taking it out of context. What WWE said is we should not have to comply with discovery yet. There are pending motions to dismiss, and there's also pending motions to transfer jurisdiction because of lack of proper venue. And we shouldn't have to go through all of our records and produce all these documents, which would cost millions of dollars in legal fees if there's a reasonable chance that A, the case will be dismissed on its merits, or B, will be transferred to a different court or venue entirely. So they're not saying, oh, we're so afraid it's going to cost us millions. They're saying, we may ju- we might not have to do it at all after you hear the arguments or read the arguments, or we'd have to do this again in another court and pay twice for it. And so it's not about the amount. It's about it's a waste of money, and it's unfair to make them do this while there's pending motions. So the, uh, let's just make that clear. I, I have not seen any ruling on that motion. That's certainly not unusual for motions of this nature take a long time to be ruled upon, but there's a lot of questions as to why it's in, you know, the, the California court, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's stay, we'll, we'll obviously keep you abreast um, about uh, Vince and the sale of WWE. And I'm sure you will hear it first um, from wrestling Twitter and all that stuff. But guys, I mean, put on your thinking caps, like, you know, be smart about where Vince is going to sell this thing. I'm pretty sure Vince is looking to sell this to a multi-million dollar, billion dollar conglomerate of media. They're going to sell it to um, the, the, the person, entity or group who offers the most money that doesn't need complicated financing. I mean, it, right. <laughs> it's really as simple as that. Any, anything else is going to make him vulnerable to a, a slew of lawsuits. Um, so... Uh, by the way, also the vice president of communications resigned from WWE this week, and in the independent wrestling content is no longer to be run on the WWE network. No idea if these things are related to you know Vince or not, but of course everything's related to Vince these days, whether they are or they're not. But uh, you know, <laughs> Vince came back and was like, "Get that carny shit off my goddamn network." Yeah, I mean, listen, if you are the vice president of communications for WWE and you think that the company is going to be sold within the next five months to a company which likely already has a communications department and you have offers, you're probably you know 
taking a severance package or just leaving, take, take the, take the offers that you got while, you know, you know, while they're there. So, uh, Fuck it, that Jeff, I'm asking for a raise. Like I've got a lot of communications to send out in the meantime from here to sale. Well, maybe I think I'd rather have the longer term prospect, but okay. You know, teach, teach their own. You only have, uh, you know, four kids to feed. That's all. Only four that I know of. <laughs> um, I still haven't feeding. adopted. I still haven't adopted Renee and uh, and uh, Dean Ambrose's kid yet. But you, well, you can't find that. the kid. It's in Nicaragua. <laughs> That's right. Going to surfing right. camp or something. So he needs to fucking go disappear to Nicaragua. I'm tired of him. Well, I think um, he is. I think they just wrote him off TV for a bit. <laughs> As they should. You see that? He, he's written off TV and the ratings go up. Isn't that a uh, isn't that a coincidence? It, well, apparently not. It's, it's apparent you've called it all along. Um, do we want to get into AEW or do we want to keep with WWE and talk about um, you, you throw out the topics? I'll keep steamrolling over them. All right, let's let's you know let's our talk usual about formula AEW. for failure. Let's give it a uh, hey. Listen, we're building our listenership, guys. Thank you for for listening. Yeah, they're growing by the the. A plenty, no, uh, Jeff. Nobody you tells don't know this, me anything. We, these numbers are growing and growing and growing. But, you know, as, as, Why as quickly tell as... Why don't you ever tell me any good uh, news? Just tell me all the news. Rita and Davos. Listen, we have all of the email and all of the Wi-Fi in Davos. We have we have 6G here. You do? We, wow. we have, global, oh, oh we have the global that. elite network. Jen. Greta Thunberg just walked behind you. This is wild. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is crazy. Uh-huh. Jeff, let's talk about some about AEW the... stuff and then Zook, Zook is there? Huh? Oh, Zook is here. Tell him to free track and his uh, 25 um, profiles. No, 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 man. I'll, I'll, I'll catch you with the hot cocoa later at the chalet. No, the other chalet. No, the other other <laughs> chalet. chalet. Yeah. Timothy Chalet? No. No, Timothy Chalet is here. <laughs> let's talk about uh, AEW. Not elite um, yet. It's not like he's Shia LaBeouf I, or anything. I think no, he's not. He's definitely no Shia LaBeouf or the other guy. Then die, she's here. That DC uh, won't fire. Um, AW. Um, this episode, the latest episode of AW Dynamite. Um, well, I'm. I mean, last week's episode. The ratings went up, right? The the ratings that everybody was like, "Who's going to be Soraya's part tag team partner?" Yeah. Um, those oddly enough jumped up back to close to a million. And I want to say that in listening to everybody talk about it, I I don't hear anybody saying this, so I'm going to say it here. I think that was mostly ruled, and if you watch the hour by hour, quarter by quarters. They take a sharp drop after the Soraya match. Yes. They Mystery a, partner. Yeah. They they oddly retain their viewership through the women's match, and then it takes a dive afterwards. And the exact numbers are this. They, on the aggregate, they did 103,000 more than the week before. But after the women's match from one quarter to the next, there was a, there was a decline of about 90,000. So somewhere between 90,000 and 103,000 is, is the mercedes Monet sasha draw. So, right. And that's what I wanted to talk about here, Jeff, at the opening of our AEW segment, because, you know, it, it usually AEW takes a really sharp drop right after the first quarter. Mm -hmm. And it's that 
a Big Bang Theory crowd that just tunes out. Right. And so here they kind of kept most of those guys in. They lost about, I think, what was it, like 10, 10, 20,000? But, you know, some people drop out, um, I think, in, in, in segment three, but then come back. Right. And some people were mostly, disappointed, probably just left the TV on and said, there's only 30 minutes left or 25 minutes left. I'll finish up the show. What am I going to start a, you know, a 20 minute show on Netflix? Yeah, so they drop 100,000 fans right after that match, and they don't come back. Jeff, do you think that this was led by the thought that Mercedes Monet was going to show up and be the mystery tag partner? I absolutely think so. And people were saying, well, Tony never said she was going to be there. You're absolutely right. He never did. And, and you know, nor should he have denied it. Um you know, and, you know, we but Britt called herself the boss on a promo, and Soraya said, "Oh, I gave my two tickets away to my two friends." You know, so you know the implication was Mercedes and Naomi. So they they leaned into right. it, but you know, it's Carney. That's Carney doing Carney. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't really have any big problem with it, but yeah, I definitely think that the, you know, I actually I'm glad that they did that, and I'm glad that the numbers were sort of so dramatic on both ends and, and there was so much symmetry on both ends because it does sort of seem that, you know, somewhere between 85 and 105,000 is, is your initial Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet draw. Cause everyone's making a big deal about new Japan and you know, how they sold out all the remaining seats at San Jose. Well, that, that facility was, had already sold about 1500 of the 2,178 tickets there. They sold you know, 400 the day after. So obviously she moved tickets, but, you know, it's still a less than a 2,200 seat venue. And also it also came on the heels of Omega Osprey, which people are, I haven't seen it, but people are saying it was a fabulous match. And I'm not saying I would like it or not, don't know. But if you like that style of wrestling, chances are you thought it was great. Um, and so you want to see more of that. Um, so, yeah, I think it was definitely tied to that. Now, the there was a report from Dave that New Japan Club on whatever their their New Japan World, whatever the streaming service, gained forty thousand new subscribers. Again, is that because of Mercedes? Is it even true? Will it hold? Is it that because for the first time in years, New Japan does have some buzz around it again? I mean, Wrestle Kingdom seventeen got a lot of good. Re- re- press. Again, Kenny Omega's back there, and pe- people swear that the Jap- Japan Kenny Omega is far different than the U.S. Kenny Omega. And again, that Omega Osprey match got a lot of good reviews. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disputing it or endorsing it. I haven't seen it. But, you know, it, it is entirely possible that some of that was due to, to that. It's entirely possible that it was due to Mercedes. It's entirely possible that Dave was pulling numbers out of his ass. I, I, I have no idea. But just like how after Mandy Rose, they were quick to announce that she made a million dollars in a month. They haven't made any announcements since. Um, you know, we haven't heard whether, you know, how many of those New Japan World subscribers have stuck. And my guess is we will never hear about it again. Right. This week, Jeff, AW. Oh, by the way, New Japan, I'm sorry. Wrestle Kingdom did have 92,409 uh, pay per view viewers between streaming and traditional pay per view, which I'm told is. Very good, and they did sell over twenty six thousand seats. So, which I'm told is also very good. 
Good. Very good for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. happy for New Japan. I do. I don't follow that. You know, I'm, I'm glad that there's an option that people like. I mean, I think that there's going to be a few less in, in, in the U.S. as I've prognosticated many times. So, Jeff, I, and looking at the last week's numbers, I thought that it was Mercedes-led. And then this week's numbers came in, and it's just as high, 961. They lost 2,000. They lost 2,000. <laughs> yes, 2,000 big, big viewers. Jeff, what do you think is the draw here? Do you think it's still Mercedes-led, or do you think it's, I got nothing better to do on a Wednesday night? Um, Let me turn this trash on. I Stop. I, I really can't explain because it really wasn't a very good show. Um, my work. Maybe is Adam, is Adam Cole the draw? Uh, I don't think so because he never has been before, but it's possible he's part of it, though. He, he wasn't on the show, but I guess nobody would know that until after it was on. Uh, I, I'll tell you what I honestly think it is, and maybe this mm-hmm. is me trying too hard to find a reason, but I think maybe people found out about Jay Briscoe and they wanted to see if AEW was going to do something, you know, a tribute show or, you know, if it was going to be a, 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 you know, an emotional segment or whatever. And I think that that drew people in and then they just stuck around. Um, you know, maybe to see if there was going to be one or, or, or what, I, I don't know, but uh, we'll see. Listen, I, I predicted there would have been a plummet this week. I was wrong. We'll see about next week. I mean, this show wasn't good. I mean, they had they, they had two title matches, the Atlantic title and the TNT ma- title, and the gimmick for both is the same. They have undersized champions, and they're basically open challenges with no stories whatsoever and people who do not deserve title shots. You've had, like, your Juice Robinsons uh, get, getting title shots and Mike Bennett. Um, you had Jay Lethal, who, you know, just lost a two tag team title shots in a row, you know, has, has, I think he had as a win against Orange Cassidy from a year ago. I mean, getting a title shot for no particular reason. I don't even remember who Darby Allen beat this week. Oh, it was Kushida. Kushida, who's not even AEW, he gets, he, you know, he gets, a, uh, you know, shot. Maybe people like Kushida. Maybe people tuned into Kushida, never worked on NXT. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, but... I think you're allergic to your own bullshit, Jeff. It sounds like you're choking. <laughs> all, all I know is that, I mean, you have two mid-card titles and they both have open challenge gimmicks. I mean, talk about lazy. And they did the laziest thing in booking possible this week, which was they've already turned Soraya and Tony Storm heel. Um, who, you know, uh, and I'm not even sure that they were like so not over yet that it, that it wasn't too early to do it already. But the lazy part of it is they're doing... Ooh, these AEW homegrowns who've never worked anywhere else and don't know how to do anything else need to be taught a lesson from us, the ex-WWE worldwide wrestlers, Soraya and Tony Storm, because we're from England. And and so now, you know, and, you know, and on the other side, you have Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, who, not homegrown, by the way, Willow, not homegrown, by the way, um, and... Sheeta sort of in the middle, but obviously going to, you know, go to her AEW brethren, not homegrown, by the way, though, an original like Brit. Um, 
And then you had Ruby Riot come to help them, who's obviously going to turn on the AWs and join her ex-WWE people. And, you know, of course, now I'm sure people are thinking, well, who's the fourth? Not that there's any shortage of other ex-WWE women in AEW, but could that be Mercedes Monet? I mean, remember, I did have a source tell me that she was signed for a particular appearance. I don't know if that source said that it was for that particular AEW show, so I don't know if I'm trying to retrofit in that. Um, and they, they could be wrong. They could be, they, I mean, we've seen plenty of wrestling journalists be wrong about lots of stuff. That guy, Steve Muehlhauser Jr., whatever, he confirmed that Mercedes Monet was going to be there. So that was two stories he confirmed. You know, and these are certified blue check marks, not podcasters with, you know, sources who have sources who have sor- sources as opposed to. Well, you can you can buy blue check marks now. We could get a blue check mark for $10 a month. Yeah, you're right. Great investment. Um, yeah, but I mean, they're already basically at an NWO invades, you know, AW, you know, versus WCW kind of thing. They've already, they're already at the AEW women versus the XWW women as a, as a storyline. Do you think that that's what that's build, what it's building up to? I mean, they pretty much said it. I mean, what 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 else could she say? These AEW homegrown who have never done anything else or worked anywhere. I mean, anything is possible. I mean, wasn't Jade Cargill feuding with Bow Wow a couple yep. weeks ago, and now right. it's Bupkis? Right. And she also got mad at people for claiming that Chris Statlander was supposed to be coming after. No, Chris Statlander was never coming after me. It was always Athena. Excuse me, what? It was absolutely Chris Statlander <laughs> until she broke her knee for the 900th time. Um, why Jay Cargill is arguing with fans, I, I, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> Maybe she's turning heel, too. She's already heel. I mean... <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maybe that's why the baddies keep leaving her. Maybe she maybe she's fights for the reasons she doesn't need to. Anyway, yeah, I mean, la- yeah. yeah, lazy story. I, li- I mean, it's at least it's a wrestling story, at least, but a lazy story that makes no sense. I mean, you sign Sarai that's supposed to be a game changer and she's not. Tony Storm is supposed to be a game changer and she's not. So this is the, the direction you're going in. Yeah, Jeff, you've seen these matches because, again, I can't stand uh, watching uh, two hours of trash every week. Um, but you've watched the matches. Is Soraya getting better? Is Soraya holding her own? What, what What are we? What are you? What are your thoughts on this? No, I mean, listen. It's been a long time since we've seen her perform in the ring, but I remember her being more special than us, being you know very talented. Is it that in the last seven years, women's wrestling has advanced so much, or you and you know from where she was to that, that she hasn't changed? Just the the expectation of women's wrestlers has changed. I don't think so. I mean, seven, it, it, it was within the last seven years. I mean, beyond the last seven years that we had Bailey Sasha at NXT and you know and things like that. So you know, no, I don't think that's the case. No, she's 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 mid to. Subpar, and I've always thought Tony Storm was overrated. Um, but uh, no, she has she hasn't been very good. She really can't cut a promo, and she spent months and months and months thinking about this, and like she keeps saying the same thing over and over again. I mean, it, it's it's dull. She's dull. She's 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 not a likable wrestling character. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's better to do it early rather than too late. Maybe, maybe, you know, like you've brought up in the past, you know, Tony Khan doesn't care about heels or faces, right? He just it's supposed to be about the in-ring action. Yeah, there's that too. Um, 
you know, talking about heel turns, um, we had another heel turn this week, and that's um, or or lately, and that's Wardlow's haircut. <laughs> yeah, well, we can't get any follow up on that because uh, Samoa Joe <laughs> cut his hair off about three or four weeks ago, and we haven't seen or heard from Wardlow since. Do you think that this is calculated so that way they can kind of like reboot him and come back and, and, and build him back up because they've done a shit job of, of keeping him hot since they gave him the title? I, I would love to think that there's some reason for it, but you'd think that he should be red hot and should be attacking Samoa Joe wherever the heck he is for, for cutting his hair. I mean, you know, and he, and he should want his title back from the, I I don't understand much of what AEW does. You know, the, you know, almost nothing that they do makes sense. Maybe he really is like Samson. If, if his hair is gone, he loses his strength. Hmm. Okay. We have new trios champions. Right. Jeff, we've got the elite. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, big shocker. You know, the elite, they c- come back from the 3-1 deficit. Of course, it was not 3-1. It was 2-1, and then it was 3-1 because the elite couldn't possibly lose three in a row, thus making the story worse, though the, the end would have been uh, at least more dramatic, theoretically. Um they worked as the faces in the trios, but of course, this week on Dynamite, they worked as the heels against Top Flight. Uh, at least they put Top Flight over. Top Flight won after losing two successive, you know, sort of moral victory, tough losses to um, elements of the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. So, you know, at least they did that. But of course, they are trios champs and not tag champs, so they can be generous. But yeah, new trios champions. Very exciting. <laughs> Very. Um, we had uh, the FTR written off. Um, some speculation as to that, right? A lot of people on the internet wrestling community yeah. think that they were just kind of buried before they get let go. Although our buddy Caden, who might be uh, actively listen listening right now, he mentioned to me, um, and I'm sure he mentioned to you that he's got it on good authority that um, one of them, I forget if it's Dax or or cash that's injured, but um, somebody's injured, but obviously they're able to work through them. But I mean, I have heard FTRs in a break. So they were on a sabbatical and that Tony Khan has agreed in principle not to tack this time on to the end of their contract. Uh, I've also heard that it was all but the done deal. They were going to return to WWE, but now that it's not clear whether Vince is in charge or Triple H is in charge, that they're having second thoughts about that. Um, so we'll, we'll see, you know, but, but they are, they're on a break. And one thing you know about Dax is he does that podcast seemingly every other day and, and he'll invariably say something stupid at some point. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll just wait for that. Yeah. Any other AEW news? Yeah, there's always some, I mean, Andrade tweeted something cryptic. He just tweeted one day by, uh, there's been no follow up on that. I could have sworn that I saw Andrade was advertised for dynamite. Maybe it's rampage this week, but that would, um, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not there. Cause you know, that happens all the time. You know, the book of Hobbs is advertised on one show and it shows up on the other. Or it's, and the book of Hobbes has gone from him journaling to it being the Bible, it seems. I, I am not really sure. Um, but a little bit of news. Sting said after his contract expires and does this year is that he's planning to retire. Tully Blanchard said that he's uh, probably done with wrestling. This is not AEW related, but it's Blanchard related. Tessa Blanchard, his daughter, and Daga, who is a Mexican wrestler, uh, who 
wrestled mostly out of Mexico and was also in Lucha Underground. He was in the Lizard Clan or Reptile Clan, whatever it was for a while. They are married. They've been married three years. Uh, they had a sort of a nasty exchange that after unfollowing each other. Daga basically all but accused her of cheating on him. Tessa is in college. She's no longer actively wrestling. Anyway, they've decided to separate and said everything is civil and don't mind what we said before. We like each other. It just didn't work out. Um, John Moxley. They did a storyline where Adam Page got, got revenge, knocked him out in a concussion angle. John Moxley was making his hands like he had cerebral palsy or something, uh, which I thought was in bad taste <laughs> because Adam Page really did have a concussion and just stay there knocked out. And, okay, you got your revenge, you know, which I think was a little bit weird. Uh, I think the way they acted, it was weird. They've done this before with Soraya and Brian Danielson, you know, making like their real life injury occurred in the ring. I, I, I never really liked that. Um, but the other thing, Jeff, maybe, maybe it's not cerebral palsy. Maybe it's Tourette. So that, that would explain why he's always cursing on the mic. Well, it looked like a, like a seizure or something, but like almost like his limbs were frozen. Any being someone who has an RA who knows what it is when sometimes you can't control your joints, they just won't move that that's sort of what it looked like. Um, anyway, it looks like they're writing him off TV for a break or maybe treatment. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But in in speaking of tone deaf, in the next segment right after that, you have Adam Cole returning and doing his, you know, his his promo, which was people were saying was awesome. It wasn't awesome, but it was exactly right. Saying, you know, I, I've been out. I didn't know where my career was going to be. And the bad news is for everyone else in the locker room who's coming after all of you and putting you on notice. Not clear if he's a face or heel. Tony doesn't care. But you do this fake concussion angle on the heels of a real concussion with Adam Page and then immediately follow with Adam Cole returning from a real concussion, which kept him out for six months. I just, I, I just, I just feel like this, it, it's like a total tone deafness. Just, just in like the segment or like, like why couldn't he like have like put that like four segments later, like, like back to back is like exacerbates it for me. I like how you earlier, you were like, I don't think Tony's that tone deaf to be like, I think he's, um, you know, to, to not book, the 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 memorial show the Jay Briscoe memorial show but he is tone deaf to shit on concussion see like i don't think he's what i was trying to say is i don't think he's tone deaf on intra wrestling things like i think he gets wrestling stuff and, and wrestling but i don't think like real world stuff he understands so i think like like how you don't hug people and you don't invade their personal space and you use a handkerchief when you, you cover your nose, when you cough, like things like that, he probably just doesn't get. But I think if it's, if it's involved within the four corners of fake world wrestling, he, that he gets that that's the distinction I'm trying to make. By the way, um, I think that we, did you want to talk about that FTC proposed? Well, this, this is a couple of AEW notes real quick. I mean, one, this is AEW adjacent, but Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor is scheduled as to be a pay-per-view, and it's going to be uh, in Los Angeles on WrestleMania weekend. As we remember, um, Tony Khan has said before that they're not going to schedule AEW events against WWE, and I believe that Cody Rhodes, no longer with the company, said that that would be pathetic. Um, I know Ring of Honor technically is not AEW, but it's the same owner and I guess different, I guess Cody was in charge because 
obviously they're piggybacking on this. Now, people have poured up to me, didn't Ring of Honor always do this? Yeah, Ring of Honor always did this. Sinclair Ring of Honor did this. Uh, Carrie Silken Ring of Honor did this. Not 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 billionaires, you know, owned Ring of Honor. But okay. Speaking of WrestleMania, by the way, they've, they've sold over 90,000 tickets without a single match being announced and have already broken a record with 17.6 million. And the Royal Rumble is all but sold out with over 40,000 tickets sold for the uh, Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Oh, San, San Antonio. I don't know what they, they call it, what the corporate name of the, the um, venue is. The Embarcadero. Yeah. It is. It is. Listen, it's a good time to be a uh, WWE. Um. Well, not if you're Morgan Stanley and Fox, because Morgan Stanley apparently did an audit of Fox's investment in WWE and found that they lost almost three hundred million dollars over the first two years. Now, I have it on pretty good authority that when Fox, when Morgan Stanley audited other sports as well, that none of them they were all sort of lost leaders. None of them added up dollar for dollar on ads. And also there's a separate part of the audit where they talk about carrier charges. So for those who don't know, networks actually make most of their money from carrier charges, not from ads. So it's about 60% carrier charges, 40% ads. But even with the 60% in carrier charges, WWE didn't break even. I don't know about the other sports or not, um, but it's not uncommon for sports to be lost leaders because apparently it, it keeps audiences for other shows and you get to promote and things like that. So I, I don't know if Fox really thinks it's a bad deal or not, but you know whatever it is, uh, I never really we'll thought see Fox if they was a, a viable buyer anyway. And and if they think it's a bad deal, well, obviously they wouldn't want to be a buyer now. I don't think that they will be a buyer because where are they going to put it? Like they sold the Simpsons and X-Men because they didn't have anywhere to go with it. They don't have their own like, like app, like CBS has Paramount, right? Mm -hmm. NBC has Comcast. ABC has Disney. They have Tubi. (laughs) They're going to put WWE on Tubi. Who owns Hulu? That's great. Uh, Hulu is, um, I believe it's Disney. I think a lot of companies have some ownership. I mean, I see a lot of FX and FXX shows on Disney, but I mean, on Hulu. But I do think Disney owns a, like, I think Hulu is one of those things where like, uh, like all of the companies own a stake in Hulu. (laughs) Look that up. But yeah, I I just, you know, I don't know, man. I just. But you're right. They have nowhere to put it. and, And you know, this and this Morgan Stanley thing. Morgan Stanley needs to shut that f- shut the fuck up because <gasps> honestly, didn't they almost go out of business? Like, didn't everybody in two thousand nine? Every bank almost go out of business. Well, listen, not J.P. Morgan, right? And guess who's doing business with J.P. Morgan? Maybe they did. Maybe, Maybe that's why they became J.P. Chase. <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, wasn't the whole book called "Too Big to Fail" because the whole industry needed to be bailed out? <laughs> I'm going to get an email. We're going to get emails saying, I really can't stand that he keeps calling JP Morgan, JP Chase. Well, my cousin works for JP Chase, so I, I sort of have to know it. By the way, I, I used to have a Chase Sapphire card. It was my favorite credit card. Oh, Steve decided to take a little walk. So um, I'll also note that with WWE, a couple of, Little notes there is that Pat McAfee is apparently is talking about coming back. You know, his football duties are done and that there's been a lot of indication about the WWE title splits, the Judgment Day one, a 
Raw Tag Team Gauntlet, and they're the number one contenders for the Raw Tag Team titles that Sheamus and Drew McIntyre are challenging this week on SmackDown for the SmackDown Tag Team titles, not the Unified. Uh, and, you know, so obviously they're basically telling you, be be ready, we're going to start splitting those tag team and the world title as well, yep. which is, they should. I mean, I'm, so. I'm back, by the way. I, I just needed to enter into the Royal Rumble. Good, good. You're like everyone else. You need to declare for the Royal Rumble. I do. Now, in other news, the Federal Trade Commission, which is an independent arm of the federal government, proposed a rule. So it proposed a rule. It didn't adopt a rule on not allowing non-competes in independent contractor agreements. Obviously, the wrestling world is a buzz about this or was um firstly it's a proposed rule secondly there's there's a 30-day period for public comment um it's not clear who it will apply to who it won't these things usually have a lot of exemptions and i think there's a lot of reason to be skeptical one constitutional grounds the right to enter into contract is sort of sacrosanct and federal government's not supposed to touch on that more practically some of the biggest players in the political world use independent contractor agreements liberally we're talking about the medical industry doctors nurses uh therapists licensed clinical social workers all sorts of things independent contractor agreements Tons of things with IP and non-competes and non-disclosures. The insurance world does this with independent contractors, independent adjusters. Also, they hire independent medical advisors. Also, the use of independent contractors keeps the medical profession's costs down, which means insurance companies pay less. Also, the entertainment industry. Wrestling is a part of that, but a very small part of that. But independent contractors are used in much bigger aspects of entertainment industry. But you know who uses independent contractors more than anyone else and probably everyone else combined? And that would be the federal government. And number two after that would be the state government. Now, could they just exempt themselves? Sure. Is that likely? Yes. But if they do that, then the lobbyists are going to come in. And it's very likely that entertainment gets exempted as well, which which we wrestling into that, even though nobody gave two shits about wrestling. Now, if the rule goes through and there's no non-competes in independent contractor agreements um, without any amendments or addendums, I'd be extremely surprised. But if it did and that was part of the new wrestling landscape, cool. I mean, I don't think that people really understand what that means, though. I mean, it's not going to lead to any difference other than people can jump ship more quickly. But for most people, it just means they're not going to be paid their 90 days at full top rate that WWE pays. I mean, they're really the only one who uses non-competes with 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 any sort of sort of uh, large volume. I mean, it seems like AEW is using it more and more, but I mean. All it's going to do is mean that wrestlers who get released aren't going to get paid during that non-compete time. I don't think it's going to keep anyone from being released. It may affect the timing of it so that they can't, you know, uh, debut 
you know, the next week at a big pay-per-view or something like that. But I don't think it's going to help your Jake Atlases of the world or, or your, you know, your Willie Max or, you know. Your, you know so, Nothing's really helping Jake yeah, Atlas. I mean, your Frankie Kazarians, uh, you know, I mean, you know, your, your, your workman-like wrestlers, it, you know, it, it, it might have something to do with like a, you know, a Mercedes. But anyway, that – that's the rule. That's what's going on. There's been no further news other than the FTC made a proposal. Now, remember that a similar agency made a proposed rule to ban gas stoves, and that was disavowed within about 36 hours. So, you know, everyone's acting like a proposed rule is done. Yeah, no. Okay. I'm, I'm glad you, you, you um, schooled us on that because a lot of people were getting that information incorrect. Yeah. What other issues um, you got for us? Jeff, let's go, jump back into WWE. Um, I, I want to talk about the there's some people that are saying that the build to Royal Rumble is lackluster. And now we're going to do our WWE Royal Rumble predictions next week as a special drop in between our episode, regular episodes. But um, Jeff, do you think that the build to the Royal Rumble has been lackluster thus far? I don't think it's been particularly great, but the Royal Rumble doesn't need a build. The Royal the Royal Rumble is the Royal Rumble, and and the draw of the Royal Rumble is the surprises, which is why I was so disappointed in last year's Royal Rumble, which didn't have a lot of spots for men's surprises, period. And a lot of the women's surprises were, were leaked, and, and the ones that we got were, like, you know, were some array. I mean, you know, n- not exactly, you know, Great. So I don't think so. I mean, as, as far as the title matches are concerned, I think the builds have been fine. I mean, I don't think anyone's excited about the prospect of Alexa and Bianca, but the, the story has been there. They've been working on it for six or seven weeks. And I mean, the story really isn't the match. It's is who's Alexa being recruited from and how is she under the influence of Ray, Uncle Howdy, neither, both, uh, you know, what what's going on there? I mean, that that's the intrigue there. And and if that impacts, you know, Bianca, I don't think anyone's expecting a, a, a title change there. Uh, the men's title, I mean, it's Kevin Owens. That, that, don't tell me that story hasn't been building up. I mean, it, it, it's been parallel to the, to the bloodline for, for months. So yeah, I, I, disagree with that um i'm not sure what other matches are on there other than the royal marble matches but i mean those are the four i can think of at the moment i'm sure there's others we'll cover it again next week but i think the build's been fine and i think that there's a lot of anticipation they they told us cody's going to be there a few wrestlers have declared gunter so you know there's not going to be an ic title match there um kofi kingston declared uh Someone else tried to declare. I think it was Tozawa and Adam Pierce said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" <laughs> not, not so fast, buddy. Um, which is kind of funny because that—that's actually refreshing because everyone just declares. It, it'd be nice to say, "I'm sorry." It's you know when other people declare if they were already in, we never bothered to correct them. But really, they don't. We've already decided who's going to be in there. But I mean, people are excited. We're expecting Matt Cardona. Where you know, it's it's possible Nick Aldis will come in. You know, we're we're expecting some real surprises this year. Um, you know, some welcome return. A lot of people. Yeah, I I agree with everything that you've said thus far. I I think um, people speculating that it's been a lackluster build don't really understand that. You know, they've been doing a great job of building the singles matches. Whether they're people are excited to see them is another another. Um, point but i think they've been very delicate to 
be careful with the story that they're telling with Kevin Owens. And you got almost in it. You got a giant and that's running with sort of like, I know. Will they, won't they hurt business story? Right, right, right. That's good. I agreed. The Alexa bliss stuff is interesting to me. Um, but, um, the Royal Rumble itself, like you don't really need a build for it. Right. Because it just, the, the, the match itself. I mean, I know you're a homer for, for any type of battle Royal, but the Royal Rumble sells itself regardless of who announces or who doesn't. Mm -hmm. Now I want to talk to you about Cody because there's been also like some debate about this, right? So Cody, the, the cat's out of the bag, right? So this past uh, week, Cody says, Hey guys, I'm officially entering into the Royal Rumble. And since then people are like, well, you know, they should have left it a surprise. It would have been better as a surprise. Jeff, your thoughts. Um, why are people stupid if they think uh, that Cody should have been left as a surprise? I mean, I don't think they're stupid if they think it should have been a surprise. Yes, it just do. wouldn't have really been much of a surprise. I mean, I'm glad they did it because they were showing us that same vignette for five shows in a row. So it was really tedious. It was it was like I was sick of Cody and he hadn't even come back yet. So, yeah, he should announce for it. And, and I think that's cool. And, you know, and, and of course, that plays into my scenarios, because when you announce, you know, the, the you know, you, the, I think people were equating the surprise with he's winning. Well, he can still win, but also the surprise can be like one of my little scenarios that Nick Aldis comes in or isn't in it, but shows up and costs him the title because he's still bitter about the NWA or Matt Cardona's bitter about the NWA and wants him out or both. Or said, you were my best friend. You couldn't get me a job. You can get me a job there and you can't get me. And I had to get my own job here. You see what I went through? I mean, anything. You, you got all this stuff. You got all this stuff built in. Uh, or he can just win like people want and become the anointed one. Either way. So I'm, I have no. I'm sorry. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, booking Cody Rhodes, Nick Aldis and and Matt Cardona in a three way stare down. And then the announcers trying to sell this is all going back to the NWA title is Vince McMahon's worst nightmare. Like he will he will fire before the rumble is over. If that shit happens, Vince will fire Triple H by entrant 10. Still worth it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's totally worth it. I, I've said it before on lots of shows on this show. I'm going to say it. Triple A is overrated. Triple A had all he's done is a lot of rehires. He's continued some, you know, the, the best stories. He's had some good stories. He's had some bad stories. But his booking is basically the worst instincts of Vince McMahon, lazy booking, and the worst instincts of Tony Khan. Su- surprise returns, most of which are duds. I disagree with you. I think he's been doing a great job. Yeah, in yeah carrying you think the anything that WWE McMahon. does is great. Absolutely. They're great. I mean, listen, they just paid me a bunch of money. I could like, buy like asking Kate my WrestleMania tickets. AW gives the best blowjob in wrestling. Of course they do. You know, <laughs> have you seen him lately with this Harry? Like he looks like he looks like little Jesus now. Listen, he's that's what we should call him is little Jesus. Actually, he's not little. Um, he's actually he's actually tall, but uh, he looks like but he looks Jeff. Little. Jeff, uh, on to Cody like Rhodes seven, again. three and a half. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> is announced, right? And I'm speculating that they announced Cody Rhodes because one many people I'm expect you, he's it. like one in a billion. Uh, he's he's like Satnam Singh size. He's like almost Caden could take them both. 
He's a giant. Oh my God. He's not, I met Caden in person. He's not that tall. He is tall, but he's not that okay. tall. He's not Satnam Singh, almost tall. But he totally looks like Jesus. Um, okay. My Jesus, anyway. Wait. Um, <laughs> um, completely Caden derailing this, this uh, podcast. He's going to think this is hilarious. I know. Um, I, uh, Cody Rhodes, again, Ooh. announced... Cody Rhodes, Caden Rhodes, the American Nightmare. Cody, oh Jesus! Gee, oh, yeah, there we go again. Um, Cody announced. Uh-huh. I think that they announced him because they've got a bigger surprise. And oddly enough, I don't know. This Monday night, Raw 30th anniversary, they've got coincidentally an acknowledgement ceremony. F- for Roman Reigns featuring all of the the the, the heads of the of the family mm-hmm. in the Samoan dynasty, Rikishi's going to be there. Afa and Sika, uh, they're going to have a portrait of Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> uh, Nia Jax might show up. This, come on, Jeff, this is a big layup for for The Rock. J- maybe Jacob Fatu shows up and winks at the Roman Reigns the and gives him a thumbs up. The Rock, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That a lot of people are thinking that that that's a big rumor, and that he'll come in at thirty or whatever. Or you know, again, I don't think he needs the story, but you know, it is a big moment. I mean, it would be electrifying. Um, and you know, Roman has two titles, and you know, he either needs to lose him at least one at WrestleMania, or at least one before WrestleMania. So why not? I'm, I'm also hearing that. Another rival of the Rocks might be in the Royal Rumble, and that is one Stone Cold Steve Austin. I definitely don't want to see Steve Austin in the Royal Rumble. I really don't want to see either of them in the Royal, but the Rock may. I mean, I, I know I'm saying that now because I'm sort of sourpuss, and I, I you know I don't really dig like 51 year old, you know, former wrestlers being of new ones, but. If it happens, the the imagery and the sight and the, the and the story behind it and and the press, you know, I'll, I'll immediately you know change my tune. That's exactly what I what I told a couple of friends of mine that were debating like, why did they announce Cody Rhodes? Cody Rhodes should be a surprise. Like, if Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble, the next day they're not talking about it on the Today Show or Good Morning America or ESPN. Mm-hmm. But if Dwayne The Rock Johnson wins the Royal Rumble, you can be sure as hell that the, that that Hoda and and uh, what's her face Kathy Lee are going to be talking about it in the third hour of the Today Show, and everybody and their mom is going to be talking about oh, it. Yeah. I'm going to get a call from my he'll grandmother. Freaking Morning Joe, what are you? He'll be everywhere. <laughs> he'll, he'll be on the Midday Show on Fox. I mean, whatever it's called, outnumbered. He'll he'll be everywhere. He'll be with Anderson Pooper at night. Anderson Pooper. Wow, what's his name? Did you purposely call him Anderson Pooper? Right, Anderson Pooper. Isn't that his name? No. What's his name? his name? Cooper. I'm sure you're wrong. Oh, my God. This is how they let you into Davos with this poop mouth of yours? <laughs> we all call him the poop here. Oh, Jesus. Your mother started um, it. Let's. My mother's going to call me. Gloria Vanderbilt, she's, she's like... <laughs> Little poop. Oh my God. <laughs> Laura Vanderbilt uh, is going to call us from the dead next week. Laura Vanderbilt. Do you know that? That's right. She's going to call us from the dead. She's going to be like, oh, do you know Will she have a lousy Australian accent? To- Maybe. Okay. <laughs> she might be Tony. Oh, oi. Oi. 
<laughs> when you're dead, you can practice that accent. Megaphone. You're lucky my kids grabbed the megaphone or else I would have made another prank phone call. Thank God for your kids. Um, Jeff, on top of this, let's talk, let's talk about uh, Raw 30 here um, for a sec. It's looking like a pretty good card. I mean, we got a good build between Lashley having to run through a gauntlet of, of uh, guys to get to Austin Theory in the U.S. title match. Um, we've got the story of our boy, my, 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 uh, what's it? What did I call him? The up and comer of the year, Dom Mysterio. Mm. Listen, this Dom Mysterio angle, I'm loving hard. This. Five minutes in jail. He's hard. He did hard time. Yeah. This guy, he's, he's, he's a gangster. Change. He's a gangster. Mm-hmm. Look, he's stepping up to the Usos. Yeah. He, he looks like an album Jeff, cover think- from like the late eighties, early nineties. We've got we've got Dom Mysterio and Damian Priest going up against the Usos. I think the Usos are going to lose on Friday. Oh, I thought it was I thought it was Finn then Damian. They were no, it's Dom. Oh, Dom's going to be a, a tag team champion, a two time tag team champion after this. Wow, very exciting. What I'll Come say on. is the Judgment Day finally has goals, so that's good. I I mean they've they've been a faction that has no discernible goals. So now they have goals and that's good because they, they, they got hot and so they should have goals now. So uh, that's important. Jeff, you know, I, we've, we've discussed this too plenty of times when there's, you know, title changes or uh, trying to school the audience on, you know, people talent that need the title to get over and then people talent that gets the titles over and right now, the Usos obviously are definitely Hall of Fame caliber, future, you know, icons of tag team wrestling, and they hold both the Raw and SmackDown titles. So they don't, you know, they've put some shine onto both of these titles. But really, the work that Dom Mysterio is doing, and as you mentioned, the the Judgment Day is doing, they deserve to get rewarded. And I, this is why I think this Monday night, Dom and Damian Priest are bringing some gold to the Judgment Day. I wouldn't be surprised because the bloodline, you know, having problems is, you know, an undercurrent of lots of stories. I, I don't think so just yet. I, I think that there's, you know, the, the Dom and Judgment Day got themselves involved with too many people and they'll, you know, they'll probably get involved with it. I, I don't think... You know, WWE is going to do that title change on Raw 30. They've got too much other stuff going on on Raw 30. They're going to have, you know, all the, you know, legends are going to be there. I think Ric Flair is going to be there, who, you know, apparently is on the same page with Vince McMahon again and, you know, swell. And, uh, I don't know, Tatanka can't make it. I think Hogan can't make it. But did, 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 did you say that Ric Flair and Vince McMahon are on the same page or same plane? Page. Because, you know, we know the last time they were on a plane together. Well, the, the, OK. Um, who else has been confirmed? <laughs> I mean, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is confirmed. Is. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the ghost of Jimmy Snuka, <laughs> Nia Jax, I think, is going to show up. Stop with Nia Jax <laughs> and the ghost of Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> Nia Jax is coming back. The ghost of Umaga. They're going to have a, a, a talking portrait of Umaga. This is going to be like a, a Scooby Doo cartoon. <laughs> I can only hope. <sighs> you get you get Nia Jax dressed up as Velma. It's fantastic. It sells itself. You bring it back, Freddie Prince Jr. to reprise his role as Shag as a uh, not Shaggy. He was Fred. 
right? In the Scooby-Doo movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Be wonderful. I mean, they should bring Freddie Prince Jr. because he was just on AEW. Just talk, he talks a lot of AW shit. AEW did it again last week. They had celebrities on TV. I don't know, you know, they had Ken Jeong and Freddie Prince Jr. And then Swerve shows up with three rappers behind him and, and you know, his his two guys, uh, Parker Boudreaux and Tattoo Man. Um, they only named who two of the three guys were. So I don't know who the third guy was who was left out. But <laughs> if you were going to have celebrities... Promote them in advance. I don't know who these celebrities are. And one of them was was spitting lyrics like it's 1998, like it was like Puff Daddy's like, you know, mo money, mo, mo, mo problems. And apparently that might be Puff Daddy's son. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what somebody said who sort of follows that kind of music. I don't know. They were just pulling my leg because I know that I would have no idea. But anyway, if you're going to have celebrities on, especially the, the rappers that were surprised, Promote it in advance. You can leave the Freddie Prince Jr. And, you know, because he's not really a celebrity. He's mostly an in-wrestling celebrity at this point. His father, Freddie Prince, is a bigger celebrity to me anyway. Who's Chico and Chico on the man? But, um, you know, Ken Jeong, you know, <laughs> maybe you promote it. I mean, you know, they, they're, they're ha-has. They weren't very funny. But, dude, guys, if you're having celebrities promote it, that's the whole point of having celebrities on your show. Get you nothing afterwards. I, I don't understand. <laughs> anyway. So you think the tag team title is going to change at Raw? I don't, but I wouldn't be shocked. I think they okay. are. I think, I think we're going to see a title change. Um, I, I think we're more think likely to see this? a U.S. title change. See, I don't know just yet. I I, I think that they're building to something. Yeah, no, Obviously, they're not going to be. Seth Rollins is going to F that up. They're building to the Lashley heel turn, right? There's, there's rumors already, you know, that... Uh, Lash is going to turn heel. It's just a matter of when, not not if. And, you know, they're planting the seeds for the return of the Hurt Business, right? Mm-hmm. You see him in backstage segments and, you know, you know, it, it, it's, it's bound to happen. It looks like And the happened. Street Profits have been so, looking more and more frustrated with their losses. Cedric is still a zero. Shelton ain't getting any younger. Oh, you think the street profits are going to be uh, part of the hurt business? I think that I think they might keep Shelton around as sort of like the coach, you know, sort of a you know a semi support thug for uh, for you know and coach for almost. And I think Cedric's going to get the old outskis. He'll 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 have to find his old buddy Ali again. Oh no. <sighs> well, I mean, I'm excited. I'm uh, you know I'm excited to see where this is this these storylines are going as as we start up in WrestleMania season um, in a couple weeks with the Royal Rumble. Um, Jeff, any news on Matt Riddle? Do we know where Matt Riddle is? Do you expect him to be an entrant in the Royal Rumble? Uh, He is supposed to be coming back. I think he's out of rehab. Um, I assume it was successful. I assume that he's going to have to do some testing. Um, And I, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was, in the rumble, if he was back and well, um, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if Randy Orton wasn't back also and, and edge, but I don't know, probably more likely edge than, than Randy Orton. Um, I had heard previously that Matt Riddle's return time was slated for February, which is post rumble time. Um, I'm personally in no rush to see him back for a variety of reasons. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah, I don't um, I don't know. I don't think that he'd I think he'd garner a pop. But, you know, would he be like that big of a surprise? Right. Like that's he'd get a big pop. You know, I, I mean, he'd get a bigger pop than, say, Elias. <laughs> yeah, right. But Elias isn't going to be a surprise entrant like. Well, I mean, would he get a bigger pop than Ezekiel? No, definitely not. There you go. I mean, we will like find because they might both be in it, and we'll see. I like that Elias keeps kayfabe alive and, and mentions. Would be great if Elias time. came in like number three and he was like eliminated by the sixth entrant, and then like number twenty three is Ezekiel, and and, oh, he, and he shaved and he does, and he <laughs> changed his hair again and the the whole thing. Oh my god, I would love it. I would love it. Just give me that for that one pop. Just that that in homage to Mick Foley. That would be hysterical if he if he just did that. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not sure about it. Shouldn't you know about Riddle? <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of things that I I, I hear, but I don't hear. Um, but yeah, all right. No, I I I don't know. I've got nothing new to report. All I know is that the one time I was in the conference call with you and your buddies, one of your buddies on the conference call was Matt Riddle. I'm looking at like a Brady Bunch cube and a you know screen with you know eight boxes there, and I'm just waking up. One, so one of the things I'm seeing is Sleepy Eye Jeff, and I look up and like Matt Riddle's there. I'm like, why is Matt Riddle? And I think I actually said this. I'm like, why is Matt Riddle calling me? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um. Didn't he call people for New Year's? I think it was. Yeah. I don't know what it was for, but uh, you know, I, I was asleep. But yeah, you know, I mean, it was cool and all. But you know, I mean, I hadn't haven't been called by you know, you know, wrestlers before that they, they weren't like scheduled for interviews or something. Um, but all right, um, there is some other you know rumor and innuendo that may be related to the Rumble, and that is that WWE has expressed interest in Hikaleo Tamatanga. NJ White. It seems that all of their contracts are up. Hikaleo and Tom Motonga, that seems unquestionable. I could have sworn that Jay White, like two years ago, signed a five year contract, but I don't really know how New Japan contracts are structured. Um, and everyone seems to be reporting it, but these are everyone is wrestling journalists who generally don't know anything. But it could be that all three of them are in the Royal Rumble maybe on just a per appearance basis, but that would be interesting, sort of that forbidden door kind of thing. Also, EJ Nduka, who was in WWE, mostly in NXT, then was released. He's been with MLW. He's a free agent, so it's possible that, you know, he's a 6'8 guy, you know, so, you know, maybe his stock has risen and could see him back in WWE being in the, in the Rumble. So, you know, also Myron Reed from... MLW. Oh, Myron. Yeah, Reed. he just lost the uh, he lost the middleweight championship to Shun something or who just lost it to Lindsay Dorado in MLW. But anyway, Myron Reed uh, is a is a free agent as well. I mean, it's two people from MLW. I'm wondering who's on contract. And uh, I don't think Myron Reed is likely to be someone who would be in the Royal Rumble. I mean, he's, he would be someone who would be in the, uh, you know, in NXT, if anything. Um Chelsea Green agreed signed to WWE. They didn't have anything for her. probably, you know, a rumble appearance seems likely Carl Fredericks, who was a new Japan guy in the dojo, new Japan strong. Uh, he signed with WWE for NXT, obviously. Um, that's probably all I know for free agents. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, oh my God. There was something I wanted to ask you. Now I, I can't remember uh, what it was. I'll go through some of the other notes. Devon Dudley uh, and WWE have uh, separated amicably. Uh, so he's no longer with the company. He's a free agent, I guess, as a producer or whatever. I, Probably end up in impact with I don't, Santino Morella and Ernest I, Cat Miller. I don't understand this. Yeah, he probably will end up in impact for this. But Jeff, a couple weeks ago, he had a problem because he wanted to show up to the ECW arena and Triple H told him, yeah, that's a no. Like, why, if you're you're being paid by WWE, and I'm almost probably certain that you're getting paid through insurance and benefits and a 401k or stock benefit options and shit like that, why would you give all that up to show up at the fucking ECW arena to do, like, a spot? Or a match. Like, that's ridiculous. Old wrestlers never die. Even though Ric Flair promises uh, he, he he was misquoted, he doesn't want to do another match. He just wished he could have done that one over. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Yvonne's only in his 50s. I mean, he sees Bubba Ray, you know, on Impact and NWA, doing this, doing that, having fun, still going to shows. You know, I, I guess he figures he's a Hall of Famer and he can always go back to WWE. He hasn't burned any bridges. I don't know. I can't speak for him. I mean, isn't this kid in in NXT? Yeah, and I, I or kid, I, you know, it reminds me. It remind. I think they're they're a tag team. I, it it reminds me of uh, Terry Funk's entrance music. Remember, he would always come to the Eagles Desperado. Desperado, mm-hmm. you're out there riding your fences. Uh-huh. What what That's part reminds you of what? Oh, that that you just the ECW arena? Is that what you're trying to get at? Oh no, I'm saying just he's like he's like fucking the old guy. Just hey, stop fucking around. Just relax. Take a job. Take a business job and just shut the fuck up. Stop showing up at the ECW arena. What can I tell you. All right, so Frankie Kazarian, he uh, negotiated his release from AEW, said he was in talks with WWE. That went very well, but he decided to go back to wait for it. Impact. So. Frankie Kazarian, who's been on loan to Impact for the better part of last year from AEW, has now left AEW and signed with Impact. MLW. I I think Frankie Kazarian would have been a good fit for WWE as an agent. I think he he has the mind for it and and definitely, you know, could could sell. I think he could do some wonders with Karrion Cross. I thought Karrion Cross's work this past week was actually his best. Not that it was so great, but it made sense. It fit with the story. It didn't try to fight the Dom thing. It tried to lean into it. It wasn't too spooky mystical, but they still had the, the tarot card at the end. Um, I actually thought the, the Bray's promo was good. His entrance is way too long. <laughs> Sorry. He had to take a drink. Oh, oh, strong vodka. That Davos vodka is really strong. No, I, had, I have um, or had strain B flu. Which apparently is A and B combined, which makes me think that maybe it should be strain C, but what do I know? Um, all right. The Samoan SWAT team, which is called the SWAT team of the new tag team champions, that is Lance Anuai and Juicy Fatu. Juicy Fatu. You know, now that, that reminded me what, what I wanted to tell you. <coughs> while you while you try to regain your, yeah. your voice from uh, strain, strain Z flu. Um Imagine, like, what would be the purpose of WWE reaching out to more Samoans? Like, you're 
you you can't logically put them all in the bloodline. And I so would. it it leads me to believe no, it'd be too power you it'd be too powerful. <laughs> but what if you build up a storyline that Rock comes back, wins the Royal Rumble, and from in the month of February gets jumped by the Usos. He he's just getting beat up by the bloodline. And Rock has to bring in his own Samoan dynasty in in Jacob Fatu and the other guys uh, like Hikaleo. And and then it's this at there. Therefore, like Rock isn't just putting over Roman at WrestleMania, but he's also giving the rub to so all of them. The, the war in the time. South Pacific. Is that what you're talking about? It's going to be the uh, the. The civil, the Samoan a, civil war, even though they're, they're sometimes yes. also. Yes, it's love the it. Pacific theater. That's right. Um, okay. I mean, they're, they're, they're certainly possible. Um, by the way, Johnny Fusion, who we might know as Johnny John Morrison, is the MLW Openweight Champion. Um, and Moose is now the Impact Champion. And Mickey James did not have to retire. She is now the knockouts champion again. So she does make her return to the um, Royal Rumble for the second year in a row. She may be wearing that Impact Women's Championship once again, second year in a row. I hope so. I hope we see her. I hope we see Foxy. Love, I love me some some Alicia Fox. That's the only Fox that should buy WWE, Alicia Fox. Um, some injury news. Kyle O'Reilly re- relayed that he is dealing with a post-surgical issue for his neck surgery, so things not progressing as he had hoped. Bad news for him. Uh, Bandito at a pro wrestling gorilla show, the best of Louisiana, had a neck strain, but obviously it wasn't too bad because he was on Dynamite this week and had a banger with Brian Danielson. It actually wasn't a bad match. It was actually a good match. It's just the second <laughs> week in a row where... MJF is supposed to be handpicking these opponents for Brian so that Brian never makes it to their title match at a pay-per-view, which, you know, MJF has done twice before with Jericho and Wardlow. You put these tasks in front of them. You can tell Brian's just picking who he wants to work with. I want to work with the young kid from Japan. I want to work with Bandito, one of the greatest luchadors. You know, he's picking where yeah. he's going to have fun. But it makes no sense in the storyline. I mean, Tony Khan doesn't care because it's a banger of a match. But I mean, if you're on Jeff, you 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 want to pick the biggest, baddest, meanest people who are there to. They don't care about winning. They're just trying to hurt Brian. Finally, he's paying Brian Cage to break his arm or whatever. But you know, does anyone take Brian Cage seriously anymore? But I mean, at least he looks the part. I mean, isn't that what W. Morrissey was hired originally in the firm to do to 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 be the you know to, to be the last challenge for Wardlow? I mean, could you know him, Lance Archer, who usually just had to make a lot of noise. Hobbs, once you you know do something with him, I I don't know, just it's silly. Um, oh right, injuries. Johnny Gargano, the number one zero on my list of zeros, has a shoulder injury, sprained AC joint. No indication oh, about his return. Um, and the the shows just got more interesting. Uh, Bianca Belair did get some stitches uh, in the uh, beatdown from Alexa Bliss two Raws ago. Uh, Gigi. Uh, Nolan may have suffered a slight knee injury, but she's performed since, so it seems like that was nothing to worry about. So a few um, 
I guess, bullets dodged there or reports got exaggerated. But that's par for the course with the wrestling world. All I have left for the race. Did you hear that? Uh, did you hear about uh, Perfect 10 had a baby with uh, Cassie? I did hear. Cassie I did Lee? hear about that. I don't know how they're going to support that baby because as far as I know, neither one of them is employed. Oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe they are, they maybe they got that timeshare in Nicaragua all worked out. That's so rude. Oh my god. Um Power Slap, which was the new Dana White slap show, which was delayed for a week after he slapped his wife in, you know, and caught on film. Um they aired it. It was the outro after Dynamite. Uh it it premiered with only two hundred and ninety-five thousand viewers with a point one oh demo, so a less than spectacular beginning. I had the show on with the volume off because I was doing something in this room and watching it. And it's disturbing and compelling at the same time for about 11 minutes. And then it's just the same thing over and over again. Um, So I don't see bright things for that show. I don't see a long life for it. Wow. Women of Wrestling for December 25th. These take longer than other ratings because it's not aired the same time, same place. It's aired on like 215 independent stations, so they get the amalgamated amounts. It's amazing. For 10 years, we couldn't get this information about Ring of Honor, but we're getting it for WOW. Anyway, they did 360,000 total, which is pretty good, and a lot more than our first entrant into regular ratings. Two weeks ago, Impact did 101,000, which was up 12,000 from the prior week before. I remember this is two weeks ago. We're recording the show on the 19th of January. So this would have been, I guess, the 5th. The 12th, they went back down to 81,000, down 20,000. Ooh, not good. New Japan Pro Wrestling, the week after Wrestle Kingdom 17, did 47,000. I don't know what they're up from because they were unreported for the prior several weeks. So uh, obviously they went up. And then this past week, um, meaning the 12th, they did 81,000, which is among their best ever, up 34,000. But there's an asterisk to it. They replayed the Omega Osprey match from Wrestle Wrestle Kingdom 17 on the show. That was basically the entirety of the show. So people tuned in to watch that. So you could look at it that 34,000 people tuned in to see that, you know, about what they had been doing. Um, They didn't bother to show Mercedes? uh, I don't know if they showed that segment or not. I don't think so. Um, SmackDown. Two weeks ago, 2.257 million, which was down 372,000 from the scene episode. This past week, they went back up to uh, 2.326 million, up 69,000. Rampage, two weeks ago, 551,000, which was up uh, about 50,000 from the prior week. This week, 513,000, a drop of 38,000. Battle of the Belts. Did 409,000, which was up 92,000 from the prior episode, but the prior episode was on a Saturday at 8. This was on a Friday at 10. Anyway, 409 is not great. And since it was aired right after uh, Rampage, it did 551. You could look at it that they lost about 100, what's that, 42,000 from hour one to hour two. Raw. 
Two weeks ago, 1.693 million, which was up 88,000 from the week before. This past week, they plummeted down to 1.439 million, down 204,000. I'm told that the Cowboys game on Monday Night Football had over 30 million people watching it, and that may have played a role. All right, I, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll put it out there. I won't give it a Jeff asterisk, but you can if you like. World. NXT two weeks ago, 700,000 even. It was up 47,000. That was for New Year's Evil. This past week, by the way, New Year's Evil was not a very good show. This past week, which was a better show, but people might have been soured because of New Year's Evil, um, went back down to 600,000, a loss of, well, you can do the math, 100,000. Dynamite, two weeks ago, 967,000, which was up 103,000 from the week before. We already talked about that in the context of Mercedes Monet. This week, they did 969,000, up 2,000. NWA, they haven't aired a new show in a bit. They're waiting to catch up to do their tapings because they've been kicked off Fight TV. And so now their YouTube is going to be basically in real time. Um, And so two weeks ago, 56,000. And from three weeks ago, 47,000. The 56,000 was their season finale go home show. MLW, last three weeks, 21,000, 36,000, 42,000. Mm -mm. Elevation, this week, 190. Two weeks ago, 319. Three weeks ago, 226. Dark, 158. Two weeks ago, up to 210. Three weeks ago, up to 181. So, also not so great. So, YouTube shows, still stinking it up, folks. That's all I got. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to convene again in, in just uh, five short days. So if there's a lot of news between now and then, we'll certainly talk about that. Uh, but otherwise, I, I guess we'll just be doing, uh, you know, well, I guess we'll talk about Raw 30 a little bit and then then do our predictions for Royal Rumble. And uh, that's and then right. We'll come back the next following Thursday regularly and then we'll do our predictions for I think there's an NXT takeover that weekend so we'll be back on that's right we're gonna you'll get a special bonus episode folks um sort of keep us on yeah you'll get a you'll get a bonus episode and you'll also uh probably hear our thoughts on the sale of wwe and the demise of AEW. hopefully well We've been told that there may be some big news that that AW fans won't be happy with uh, come January. Now, strike one might have been the French TV loss in Quebec, and strike two might have been no Mercedes Monet. I don't know, but uh, January's not over yet, so let's see. I will say that I uh, I had one source, and and it's uh, well not the same source, but related, sort of the same in the same family, so to speak. Um, metaphorically, who both told me that WWE was being sold to Comcast and then three days later told me that WWE was being sold to Disney. It is entirely possible that there's bidding, that there's active bidding going and and that those things are happen to feel true in the moment, but it's also possible they're being fed bullshit as well, or who knows? So I don't know. So I, you know. Is your source... Steve Mulehausen. It is not Steve Mulehausen. It's not Steve Mulehausen Jr. It is Steve Mulehausen Sr. Oh, okay. Very good. He might he might be a little bit more reputable than Well, it turns out he's junior. a pastry chef, so not, not involved in race oh. wrestling at all. Oh, well, I mean, 
Listen, nowadays yeah. it doesn't take much. This I mean, bakery is called Azone too, but it's 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 uh, <laughs> it's uh, for desserts and brick oven pizza. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was Dave Meltzer before he was writing newsletters in his basement? I, I think it was a nerd. I think that's that. I don't think he. I don't think there was a book. He was. I, I think that. I think that's all he's ever done. He sort of made yep. a job for himself wow. and then ran with it. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He was a blogger before bloggers were. Yeah, thing. I mean, you know, he's he, he he sort of like invented, carved out this little niche for himself. I mean, say what you want about him, we've certainly said plenty, but you you you, you can't say he hasn't made a success out of making a, a heck of a living off of freaking wrestling. Yeah, that remains to be seen. I mean, he's not making like two owning two houses. Like he couldn't even buy a, a housekeeper. Jeff to clean up all the trash in his basement. Well, you don't buy housekeepers. You hire them, Mr. Epstein Island. I mean, you you he, don't even buy me them. at the Global Economic Forum know that we don't buy people anymore. We stopped that seven years ago. Um, Everybody's got a price. Uh, I have heard, and you've heard it too, from Eric Bischoff because he tweeted it and talked about. It. He said that, that Dave Meltzer makes half a million dollars a year making things up and selling it to his his subscribers. I don't think he makes that. I don't know. I, I you know I, I think that Bischoff probably has. He's probably in a ballpark. I I think he's in the he's in the. You know how many ballpark. people are on the figure four online? You know they have at least what thirteen people doing podcasts there. I mean he's gonna get he's gonna get some you know, franchise fee or rents them space like a, like a hairstylist or gets a piece of the advertising or whatever it is. Plus he's got his own shows and he's got his Patreons and subscribers and the newsletter has been going forever. I mean, you know, it it, doesn't take that much if you've been around that long to make that for a year. It's not like 500,000 a month. It's 500,000 a year, which is, you know, pretty freaking phenomenal. Plus I'm sure he gets, you know, comp to tickets to shows and like that. I don't see, I don't buy it, man. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Cause then what, where, why doesn't he dress better? Why doesn't he clean up the basement? Maybe he likes the basement that way. So there are some people who, I mean, the rest oh. of his house maybe is a mecca. Oh. Why doesn't he dress better? He likes to wear tight shirts so people see his gigantic muscles. It's ridiculous. All right, Jeff, let's get to plugs. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm um, oh, yeah. on Twitter. You can find me at Icarus MD. You can often find me on the PWC and their various shows. Want to thank the PWC for carrying this fine show. We want to thank the PW Hustle for carrying this fine show. We want to thank the Wrestling Soup Network for carrying this fine show. Um, what else do I do other than this fine show? Um, I want to congratulate Drew Yari. I was just on his five-year anniversary show. He just celebrated oh. five years. So congratulations, Drew. Shout out Congrats. to him. Congrats. Um, and uh, my other, my non-wrestling podcast, Garden of Doom and Garden Views. Garden of Doom is following my curious mind as I explore things that are interesting to me on this earth, within this earth, adjacent to this earth, and beyond this earth. Garden Views, same thing, but more topical. Uh, more uh, more earthbound, more dealing with laws, though a lot of it is about the laws of space, but still there's something called the Hooks Theory. But if you want to learn about that and other interesting stuff like cybersecurity and cryptocurrency, um, you can check that out on Garden Views. The next show will drop next week. I have another uh, law and economics professor that's going to talk about international law and the laws of space again, my little hobby. Um, and I'm working on getting a 
attorney who's a specialist in tribal law who talk about the intersection of federal and state laws and tribal laws. Um, and of course, more space lawyers. So more, more space stuff, always more space stuff. And, and my guest who's the, the cybersecurity expert who was in the White House, we're going to talk about how do you get a job in the White House? What's a day of what's a day in the life like in the White House? What do you have to sign? What are you know? What are the non competes like? What can't you say? Stuff like that. So stuff that I think might be interesting. I'm curious about it anyway. That's the thing. What, what's Jeff curious about? What's Jeff curious? What's Steve about? curious I like about? That. You should just when name Jeff's the show. That? Shut the fuck up. That's what Steve's curious about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about pregnancy pictures. Cassie's got a bunch of them on her Instagram. Go check them out. Um, I know I will. Um. You can catch me pretty much anywhere you can find Hammerlock Hangover. Email me at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. You can talk to us. Um, you know, I think, Jeff, in speaking about uh, this Royal Rumble show, maybe we should have a guest. Let's go see if we can find somebody that will uh, spare us a couple hours to jump well, on and talk about Royal Rumble. Maybe you can get the, the bad guy Jack or, or, or maybe even the giant cake. Oh, that would be good. That's right. I'll I'll see what I can oh, do. Shout out to um, uh, uh, Bin Hamin, the Ayatollah. Ya Allah. But by the way, I was going to be on this coming week. I was going to be on Level Up this coming week, but but they bumped oh. me. So uh, so apparently, not. Oh, maybe, no, maybe I should take back my my Hamin Media Group shout out and my channel attitude. Russo, come on, get your shit together. You, you know, put me on or don't. And what happened uh, at the live show you went to that we were, uh, what was he sponsoring? Oh, yeah. We uh, sponsored John Skyler uh, from um, Impact. So <laughs> the, the biggest name on the card, he lost. Then he then he, then he took his chain and put it wrapped it around his fist and beat the guy down and got himself thrown oh, out okay. and, yeah. and suspended from AXL Wrestling for 60 days. So completely on brand for Hammerlock Hangover and Garden of Doom. Um yeah, Lady Frost I mean, was there. It, it might be on brand for us. Diana Peraza was there. Savio Vega was there. Ricardo Rodriguez is there. He's opening a promotion at a wrestling school in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So probably oh, check out him. you know one of his shows coming up soon. Very nice man. Came up. We 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 couldn't have sponsored Savio Vega. Well, he wasn't wrestling. He was he was just he was just there to sell sitting there. <laughs> he was just sitting. yeah, pretty much just sitting. <laughs> sitting. He was probably the biggest name there. But you you know who was there in the crowd by coincidence? O'Shea Edwards. From Shane Taylor Promotions. Oh. So oh. so he remembered me from the unpopular review interview. I mean, he didn't come up to me. I had to remind him, but he, he totally remembered it when I said it was my first interview and it was terrible until you guys started talking about anime and then it was awesome. He's like, I completely remember that. Um so he was there because he <laughs> Yeah, like he remembered it when you said yeah, remember me? I was awful. Well, it took a little bit more than that, because apparently I'm not the only awful one or you know, but Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's gigantic. I mean, listen, it's an indie yeah, show. Indie wrestlers are small, but he, you know, like for instance, guy I, we sponsored was like maybe five six. Uh, he's thick, but he's mm-hmm. five six. Um, O'Shea was probably six three, six three and a half. He, he's tall, and he's jacked, jacked to the gills. I mean, he's so much bigger than like anyone else there. Um, felt like it was in like. He is a he is a kaiju. He, he's a kaiju. He's he he's a kaiju. That's for sure. So yeah, but that was cool running running into him in the crowd. And and the funny thing is, I didn't even realize that at the time, but I was wearing my Shane Taylor Promotions T shirt. So that got me like the the mm-hmm. wear wear friends handshake and the, and the half hug. So you know, I was feeling I was feeling oh, pretty good. good about myself. You didn't take any pictures. Um, no, but they have some pictures 
online from Dollar Club Wrestling and AXL. And at the beginning of this week's this past week's Dollar Club Wrestling show where I was a guest, uh, they opened it up with showing me with my belly, which apparently somehow was protruding strangely. I don't know how that was happening. And and the lovely La Sicaria next to me looking too beautiful. And I say, respect the dollar. Very yeah. good. There so shout go. out to uh, the Dollar Club guys. Thanks for thanks for having. I met uh, Rock Hard Jim Prendy, the Dollar Club World Champion. Uh, he forgot his title wow. because of too much of the bubbly, um, and that was cool. And also condolences to the Panetta family. Uh, Kevin lost his mom this week, um, and they were very close. So uh, you know he's been sort of in and out of it this week. But uh, Hammerlock Hangover wants to send our regards to our friend. Uh, the Dollar Club himself, Uncle Slam, Sexy Time Kevin Panetta, and his entire family. Uh, our thoughts are with you while you go through yeah. this hard time. That's right. That's right. All right. I think that's it, man. I think we've covered it all. We've said it all, Jeff. We did it again. Another week in the books. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you. And if you enjoyed this podcast talking about wrestling, please make sure you like and rate this with as many stars as possible. And please tell your friends, send the link to all those. Share it on oh, Twitter. Share it on your Facebook. David Crosby died with at 80. Anyone that. So more death. That, there David you go. Is, we started with death and and we ended with right, death. And the Hollies. Um, but um, were there, were, you know, death uh, leads, uh, the circle of life leads to rebirth. And what better way to re rebirth than to share this podcast with all your friends and family, share the link and tell them how great hammerlock hangover is. It's a great first up a couple laughs and, and um, lots of death, all that stuff, entertainment and lots of death. Um, that's it. I'm Steve. He's Jeff and have a great week until next week. Oh, Bill, I'll see you later. Gates, you crazy man. Yeah. Oh, stable, my friends. <laughs>